Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Geek Ramble. This is episode five. Uh, joining me as ever is John. Hello, five episode five. Yeah, it's like it's like we're all. Well, if we can make to make to like fifty, then we know we've made it. Yeah, I think um, even if no one's listening to us, that's hey, <laughs> no, fine. We might have a listener by then. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we're not pushing it or anything at the moment, so no, it's we're still true. still finding our feet. This is true. Um, so yeah, I think maybe see how this one goes, and maybe we'll push this one a little bit because um, at the moment I'm doing that Facebook ten movies nonsense yes. thing, um, which I quite enjoy. Uh, I haven't done it for two days now, so that's kind of missing the point of the whole exercise. But uh, I think I'll use this one here as a reason to push the podcast a little bit okay. and mention a movie. So even though I've already nominated Predator, so oh anyway, we'll worry about that tomorrow. Um yeah, so what what have you been up to then, John? What's what's been happening in the last couple of weeks? Uh, busy last couple of weeks. So we've got had all the scaffolding up and tiles delivered for redoing our roof on our house. So in advance of that I've had to clear the loft of junk and the garden of junk, which was nine visits to the tip. Um, yeah, the, 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 my logic with putting things as the loft is open the loft hatch, throw it in, and if it doesn't fall out, close the loft hatch. <laughs> so there, there's around 15 years of stuff piled up in the loft, um, both the kids' prams. Charlie was 11 this weekend. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, there's stuff up there that's just been there for, for a long time. So it was it was overdue of getting rid of. So I, I took care of all of that. Um, so that was quite nice. And then uh, driving my new car and breaking that in. So it would just been, yeah, just I had a whole week off to sort the loft out. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was one of those things we still haven't been up. Now that we've had our extension done here, uh, in theory, we could we've had the water tanks, the old water tanks, taken out of the seat, out of the roof. Okay. Um, so in theory, we can get around a little bit more easily up there. But um, ours isn't so tall. You can't even even at the apex, you can't stand up. There's not enough height, so it'd be a, it's crawl space basically only. Um, but there's enough space up there that it feels like you can use it for storing just stuff that's not needed but you don't want to get rid of um, as is tradition for ceiling space I suppose but true, uh, true. Um, I, I, some, uh, the last time I looked up there there were something like four TV aerials so I've got to work out which one is the actual TV aerial um, for the house there, there, I found a sewing machine in our loft and I have no idea how it got there <laughs> but the one thing I have to admit to having chucked and uh, he, he, he was completely hairless when he went was the squirrel riding a motorbike Oh sweet! <laughs> it was still up there. Oh, amazing! Yeah, he, 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 he was a hairless. He looked like one of those hairless cats. We got got to the tip, and I was loading stuff out, and I opened it out of the bag and took it out, and there was everybody who was look, walking up to the tip with the ropes, looking at it. Like, what the fuck is that? Oh, uh, uh, you didn't take a photo of it. Unfortunately, mate, I was I was covered in crud, and I was at, at the tip. Squirrel yeah, <laughs> it was just like right. It's good. Yeah, oh, unfortunately, not. That was, that was Funny. That that was that was ob- obtained purely for a joke. So and it, I think it served its purpose. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> so it survived good. many years in my loft. Mm. Without having a, a, a sort of bell jar to fit over it, I don't think it was going to survive very long. To be fair, it was already a bit threadbare yeah. when, when I gave it to use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it was. It, it, you know, the hair had got eaten by something. 
Yeah, I think uh, that that was that was legendary. Um, just for those that don't know, that was a few years ago now. But one of my friends at uh, one of my old colleagues at the council, um, she was a collector of very th- eclectic things, and one of the things that uh, her and her husband collect were taxidermied animals in comedy poses. Um, and one of the things that she was getting rid of because it got a bit tatty was this uh, squirrel in uh, taxidermied squirrel in a police car. <laughs> or was it on a motorbike? It was, a a motorbike. It was like a chip it was motorbike. motorbike. Yeah, so it was just. Uh, it was, she said, "Oh, does anyone want this before we chuck it away?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> I was like, like, you know, I know something. Yeah, you say cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite funny. Um, but yeah, so that's that's quite funny. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I, I've, I've been sort of. I spent the weekend doing doing well. The last two weekends doing sort of DIY stuff. So um, we had to get rid of our old garden shed because uh, it just isn't big enough and a new one this weekend and finished off other bits around the garden like sort of finishing off bluestone kind of parking space out the front and things like that just tidying the place up uh, shout out to Mr Belcher if he does re- watch, listen to the show um, he's been an ever present help for the last well forever actually but certainly in the last year helping do many many things in the garden including patios and uh, gardening clearing gardens and everything else so uh, thank you very much Rich if you're listening Richard, uh, that's been a superb help he's a top bloke he's uh, Richard yeah, yeah. Well, both Rich and Joe are yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, they are. And, uh, and and Rich has been sort of doing all the backbreaking labour for me, so it's been great. Uh, I did reward him with some video, uh, so playing some board games afterwards. Uh, so we did have a, a quick game of Super Mother Load, which is from Roxley Games, which is a really cool sort of dig dug style deck being the deck building game, um, which I don't play enough of, which I do quite like. And then um, we played his new one, which is called Gugong. Um, which is quite a newish one from Kickstarter. Uh, he got this fancy deluxe version, which looked very pretty. But uh, that was a bit of a brain burner. By the time we finished that, I was I was done. That was a bit too bit too much for me. It was good fun, but yeah, lots of lots of moving pieces style game. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Uh, and I followed that up this weekend. Was actually uh, so DIY was Sunday. Saturday was Christoph at Meeple's Corner. He had a gaming day in Crediton. Uh, normally does two a year and this one's the one that comes after Essen and he always tries to bring a bunch of games from that have been released from at Essen uh, and he's a received since then um, for everyone to try so I mean it's a bit of a bit of a funny year at Essen this year it wasn't any massive kind of stellar hits but uh, I played one called Pandoria which took something like two hours or so and it, sh- it felt like it should have been a 45 minute game um, you're literally just kind of doing to- it's almost like Carcassonne where you've got like you pull a tile and it's got like two types of terrain on it uh, and you sort of lay it down d- like domino style um, and trying to sort of position your dudes to collect resources that you can then spend on stuff and uh, it just took forever um, it was good but too long uh, and then another one called The Boldest um, which was a kind of in, you know, nice artwork but very flimsy thing um, like a like a like hand management set collection-y style action well very difficult like a programming-y type game it's very difficult to explain but that only took about half an hour and it felt like it should have taken an hour so it's kind of weird I played one game <laughs> so it evened each other out a little bit it, it did a bit um, yeah one that one that took way longer than it should have done and the other that, that didn't take long enough so yeah it was good uh, but then I played Brass Lancashire which was probably a bad idea and uh, enjoyed it but my brain was done after that and I couldn't really do much after that so we played one quick game of a game called Las Vegas which is like a, a dice rolling game which is really good fun and easy and simple and I didn't have to do much thinking but once that was done that was it I was I was out of there so that was good though that sounds good 
Mm. That sounds good. We uh, we played um, Keyforge a couple of weekends ago. Sort of like the, the the hotness of the new deck building with the w- weird random names that get generated from it. Mm. So the premise is all the all the decks are one-off decks. You don't need to buy any more cards. You don't need to expand them. You play with that deck and you learn that deck and for good or bad that's what you use so you can't add any cards to them you can't take any cards away so I quite like that idea because it, it's not an arms race you're not looking for special cards or anything like that um, but it's it's too much of a deck builder for me I, the, the most deck building I want to see is Clank if I'm honest mm. um, is it not um, is it a little bit more because it's, it's kind of deck management is it a bit like Essentially, it's like a, a Magic: The Gathering esque. Yeah, it's by the same. EVP it's team. the same guy. Same guy. Is it Richard Garfield? Mm. Is that the, yeah. is that the game, guy's name? It's yeah. the same guy. But uh, uh, you you buy one deck and you play with that, and it, it, it it's all linked. You can't take any cards out of it or put any cards in. So you're limited in what mm. you what you can do. So you're probably going to find during the course of playing the game there will be some super. Um, biased decks in in terms of ones that are overpowered and some that aren't, and. I played against um, my friend Alan, who is, he, he was, um, the weekend or day before, he was at a, a Light Seekers tournament in Manchester, so he knows his way around, um, sort of like a deck building, that kind of game. Um, I, 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 it was okay, I'd probably buy mm. me and Charlie the starter deck and just play, but I don't think I, I'll go mad for it, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the appreciate the fact that it's not one of those. Oh, you can buy unique cards. Yeah. And you have to buy booster packs, and you might get a good one. Yeah. Like games, the CCG thing. Um, but the people I've seen that are playing it are buying whole packs of decks yeah. instead. Yes. They look like Joel bought, I think, a dozen decks in a pack. Yeah. Just in case one of them was better than the. You know, it's just like that's insanity yes well, um, uh, but that just says a lot of, uh, about people buying it and the attitude yeah, towards yeah. these sort of games I mean yeah. don't get me wrong it's probably it's got some lovely mechanics in it it's got some good ideas the, all the the nice um, different syndicates in it or all, all different and they all do different things um, mm. but yeah it, it, not my thing is yeah. not my it's, it's interesting that it's because it's procedurally generated yes and yeah yeah i'm interested in seeing how long it lasts as a result of that you know because in theory it's infinite variability but does by its very nature because it's got infinite and uncopyable variability yeah. does that mean that it's suddenly less variable as not variable but less interesting as a result well um, like you we're say have to see aren't we is people uh, do the arms races in buying 12 packs or 12 different decks to find that, that a good one but then mm. or cross or getting 12 and mixing them up or well, you, whatever you can't because Can you no, because one deck will be called the 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 um the righteous fury of um david the cat or something and all the cards have got <laughs> that name on it so right, only okay. the cards cool. in that deck for david the cat can be used in that deck you can't take cards out of other ones that's it Right. Okay. Not, you, oh, that's quite good. So, you, although, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how. You know, is it still going to be a going concern this time next year? Basically, is is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I, um, I think that they'll probably do something, and you will be able to add deck. They they must be able to. Um, you you must be able to. They must be able to do something. I can't see them not. It, you know, there's not much of a business. The business model is everybody's going to buy twenty decks. Yeah, you know, I mean, some of the names that have come out from the uh, procedural generated thing. There's um, Sweet Dazzle the Barbie Ripper, the builder <laughs> that persecutes jealousy. 
the droid that coughs on demographics um, uh, supposedly well, well read Shula uh, you know uh, the bawdy tinker tracker of Tinder Corner no, it, it's just they're, they're just all it's like weird. A glorified you know. version. Yeah, it's like a glorified version of those Facebook things you see with uh, your your wrestler name is <laughs> your yeah, exactly. first letter of your surname. Yes, yes, but, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can work, work out yeah. your real ale name by doing this. <laughs> you know, um, the cantankerous weirdo. That's probably the best one I've seen actually. Um, but yeah, they, they, I mean, there was a bit of controversy where they take, hadn't taken out some words from it. Um, mm. uh, but there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's okay, but it's not mm. something that I'm. I, I would probably want to get into, and it's not something that I'd want to go and play for any length of time. If I'm honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, it suits. Like I said it suits that sort of Magic the Gathering esque player, and I know it's designed as a kind of replacement for Android Netrunner, which is also a Richard Garfield game. Yeah. And FFG have basically brought that to a close uh, after many years of it being a very successful CCG yeah. um, so this is obviously a, a, a kind of attempt at a, a different business model for that style of game um, so good luck to him yeah. I, I, it's an interesting concept and it's, for the players that like that kind of game it seems like it's been very popular so yeah. we'll see what we'll, we'll bring it up next year if we're still going and see if it's still playing it or not and ask Alan this time next year I will do he's still I, 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 the thing is he'll, he'll, he'll always come along and bring it along it'll be in his bag if there's going to be two people out of a game he'll have a game with somebody um, yeah. there's, a, there's another good name for it, of the deck he who always anticipates booze <laughs> <laughs> that's Darren yeah, um, he that rapidly contributes to society and that's the thing it's oh. ju- you know it's just um, Hammerera the Desperado Birdkeeper it's just you know the, the, that deck is that deck and you can't put anything else with it and that's an, but yeah. again you'll buy 12 decks yeah yeah exactly yeah oh mm. good 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 it's okay it's okay mm. it's okay uh, what else did I play um, Tamanay Hall have you heard of this yeah, I know of it. I've not played it, uh, but I know of it's it. It's a great game. I think it was two. You like yeah, it? two thousand and seven. It came out. Um, mm. I couldn't tell you the designer. It might be Pandasaurus. It might be IDW. I don't know exactly. Um, but it's politics in New York in the eighteen hundreds. Um, I think is the best way to put it and there is absolutely no slack in the game you have to be on it from the first go you're basically you're putting resources out within wards of parts of new york to capture them and be in control of them by the end of um four years it lasts 16 years so you have four turns and then a break four turns and a break was it 12 i think it's 12 and then four turns and it's the end of the game so you have to be in control of the most areas and certain bits and you get resources Mm. and you have sort of um, different there's the Italians there's the Irish there's the English and there's the who is it Germans and you have different factions and you have to have the majority of your pieces in there to try Mm. and secure it and if you don't sort of win in the first two years you we will really struggle to catch people up but so you have to immediately be thinking it's not like oh, I'll just ease myself into this and do this no you have to be on it and it's an app is for the, it, it lasted a four player game lasted about I'd say it was an hour and it, it was just bang you're in you're on and you can't you can't muck about it was just focus it, it really really enjoyed it really enjoyed it it's great mm-hmm. great area control influence little auction um 
mechanism in there when you're trying to uh, secure the mayoral positions and stuff and then whoever's the mayor gives cards out to people so they have a little bit more influence over people so they have like a little catch-up mechanism they can move things about and things like that but yeah so it's a so if you've got somebody who you know is directly your rival you give them a less powerful than one than somebody else so it's Mm. it's a it's a really good game i really really enjoy playing that Really? <laughs> yeah, I think two. I, lo- I love it when you find a game that you don't. You, 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 it's kind of like a. It's been an under the radar one or an older game that you've not tried, and someone brings it along and you try it, and you just it sort of blows you away. It's always a nice feeling. It 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 it, it has got the dullest subject matter when you think about <laughs> yeah. it. You know, I was going to say it's like Gangs of New York, but without the blood and violence. Yeah, well, essentially. Well, <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, it's um, it's it's New York politics roughly between 1850 and 1870 so you've got a 20-year period of politics in new york that is his setting uh, and <laughs> the thing is the theme uh, it, you know you could rebadge it as something else you know area control or something else and, and do different little bits but it works for what it is it's very mm. so if 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 it pops up at any of your games tonight i recommend you sitting in on it it's a it's a love it's a very very simple game to play very mm. very what's um there's another area control one where it's a map. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, it'll come to me. But it reminded me a little bit of that. Uh, Lagrangia. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. so it, yeah. a little bit like that. Lagrangia is a much, much simpler version of this. Lagrangia, you can right. probably get away with just, oh, I'm just going to see what happens, but not with Tamanay Hall. It's a lovely, lovely game. Really mm. recommend that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. it's good. 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 Nice. Um, Okay, so um, next up, uh, you've posted the in, in the game news. You've got one uh, from Den of Geek. You probably know more about it than I do. So, do you want to roll with that? What's one? that one? Uh, oh. did, I put, did I put it in there? Yeah, I think you put it in there, didn't you? Yeah, the va- Valve rumored yeah. to develop a VR headset so, with Half Life VR. Yeah, the, um, this I thought this is very interesting. You know, they're not content with um, the, the the apps for. Um, the existing HTC and the, the Vive and Pro and things like that, um, they're going to develop their own one and potentially a Half-Life coming for it, which made me sit up instantly. Absolutely. I was just, oh, really? Because um, Valve, you know, I know their um, little console thing didn't do that well, but if they, I think there's a generation of people that if they came out with a, um, a, a nice headset and... A version of Half-Life to play on it, there would be people queuing up to buy that. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. So, I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I was very excited. Um, this, I think they, it might be a rebadged HTC, or they're look, working with HTC on it. But yeah, I, I would be very interested in a, a virtual reality version of uh, Half-Life. I think that would be fantastic. Especially, you know, the, the head chicken things that jumped out at you and stuff, um, and. The, I, I would imagine the controlling, the, the holding things, the, the you know the gun that, that held the discs and stuff. Mm. I think that'd be very good. I mean, you could even do Portal. They could do Portal. Oh, Portal in VR would be insane. That would that would that would make me buy a headset <laughs> yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny enough, I, I was playing it um, last week with Charlie and Hannah. It's it's really? one of those games when they're dad, can we play some Portal? Yeah, and I'll just sit down and play Portal with them. Mm. It's, it's still Super. It's still a great game. Still a great game. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the definition of a timeless game for me. Um, I'm not, I was never that into Half Life. I, I got Half Life 2, um, and I think I probably made it about halfway through or thereabouts. 
maybe not even halfway through probably um, but um, I really enjoyed the atmosphere of it all and everything it was, but considering it even had someone named after me almost yep. I still couldn't quite get into it yep. <laughs> so I don't know why I, it was, I think it's because it was a PC only uh, well, I think it was on Xbox wasn't it at one I think Half-Life 2 was, was it on Xbox uh, Half-Life 2 was Xbox yes yeah so I think I, it's one of those that I might pick up yeah, because I'm pretty sure I had the orange box. That might be where I bought it, and yeah. I think that came with portal. Yeah, I think yeah, because um, Charlie keeps one of the what's the um, the the multiplayer shooting thing on that. Charlie, wants, oh, Team Fortress. Yeah, Charlie wants to keep playing. It wants to. Can we play Team Fortress, Dad? <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll have to try again at some point. But if they did a VR version of it, then uh, or or something similar, then I'd certainly want to give it a crack. I, I'm constantly tempted with like an Oculus Rift or something like that. Um, just for the sheer giggle of it, but at the same time, it's just quite a lot of money at the moment yeah. when there's no real kind of concrete use for it. Um, well, Christoph at Meeple's Corner actually has a what's the Oculus Go? Is that the cheaper one? Okay, um, and that's like a, a self-contained one. It's got I think you can download stuff to it, but it's not like you don't connect it to the Xbox or anything like that. Um, but you, you can he says you watch like you can watch like movies and stuff on it and it's just really nice to watch movies on because it feels like you're watching like a 60 inch screen because <laughs> it's just like a sort of cinema screen but in VR kind of you know, it's, it's 2D but it's it's got that visual kind of trickery of making you think you're looking at watching a film on a much bigger screen than you're looking at it in so yeah I'm, I'm intrigued by the by the um, the concept of watching stuff in VR and using the goggles but it also feels very isolationist, so I want the I want the perfect thing to make me want to yeah take that gamble. I, I'm lucky where I, I work. Where I work, um, one of the the faculties has um, a couple of VR headsets and two nice big setups, um, and I'm, we're allowed to go and use it. So I've taken nice. Charlie and a couple of his mates in uh, over a half term like one evening and spent like four or five hours in there just mucking about um minecraft and then they but the the bet the best one it's basically they have a plank and it's a scaffolding plank that they put on the floor and you put the headset in and it it you're all of a sudden on this plank between two buildings and you have a net and you have to catch a bird so <laughs> so and you can feel the edge of the board and you feel like you're 30 stories up oh, wow. and then you catch it and then it cuts to something else and you're swinging about on this board the board's not moving but you are and you have to catch these birds and you have to move up and down the board to get it and then it cuts to another one and, uh, and there's um, things falling and you have to dodge them but trying to catch this bird and that's the I, I, I was fucking terrified I, I don't <laughs> like heights are the best of things but the, the, the sense, sense of depth that you get from it is absolutely yeah. fantastic and the other thing that we've done with it is because it's a faculty we have um, we've had a couple of events in the IT department where I am and it's like you know get to know the other people in the IT department and what they do so you know some people are well we're going to talk about problem management the help desk are going to run their stats and give bits of talks I'm going to get a VR headset in and put people on a virtual roller coaster <laughs> so I borrowed it from the faculty and rolled it in and you know there's screams going down the corridor and the the, 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 the open plan office like 150 people open plan office of people on this roller coaster and like, everybody's looking at me and they're like how's this related to what you do well we have to support the computing equipment that runs this <laughs> <laughs> tenuous, but yeah, it works. tenuous, but I've got a virtual reality roller coaster. Would you like to go? Yeah, fucking right. And it's absolutely superb, you know. And yeah, the roller coaster, the the the, the 
the thing with that it makes you feel like you've been on a ship or a boat and are quite seasick at times because there's no force feedback you your head is in the has got the experience of moving but your body mm. doesn't and it can re, it, it makes me feel like i've been on a boat for about four hours after i've taken the headset off it, wow. yeah, it, re, it really it really messes with my inner ear really quite badly um mm. so i try to limit the if i can get on there i'll limit the amount that i do on it but yeah the roller cases are superb they're really real sense of going up high and dropping and stuff it's absolutely fantastic Mm. Yeah, I, I think the um, my favourite clip I've seen of VR and it's really tiny and it's really you know nothing like a thrill-seeking thing like those. Um, but it was a TV show on probably on Sky or something, and it was Ronnie O'Sullivan going yes. over to the USA to um, like hu- learn how to hustle in pool. Yeah, and they took him to this VR pool place and they said, "Oh yeah, this is the future potentially." And they put his VR headset on Ronnie, and he leant forward as if to lean onto the table and fell. F- face first onto the floor yeah, <laughs> I would, yeah I've, I've seen that as well and I, I would have given the uh, that example as well but uh, yeah. it, it, uh, it shows you how, how easy you must, it must be to kind of I mean it shows how clever the tech yeah. is to make the brain believe it's actually in that environment yes um, yeah. for real uh, so I think that's yeah. that's a testament to how how good that technology can be and why why I'm interested to try it and I really want to, but at the same time I just want that killer app for it and and I'm sure Valve doing it with Half Life will, will be a killer app for many many people. Um, for me, yeah, if they did it with Portal, then that's it. That would yeah. be it. I'll be I'll be how much I don't care no, paying for the, it, paying for the it. issue is is that they they're not um, wireless, so the the stuff in the mm. labs where I work there's cables coming down from the ceiling then you're still yeah. very much tethered so you have a limit to your your, your freedom of movement but as soon as they can um, work out the uh, delay and stuff and have them so they're but you are basically free to roam or turn or spin or whatever and mm. then it'll work even better um, when, when every home's got a multi-directional treadmill yeah, <laughs> that's so, yeah so, something like that something like that the, but again that gives that will then give your your body the sense of you are actually moving rather than just sitting there and using control like a, nun, a nintendo nunchuck to move forward and backwards essentially what you have mm. um yeah but yeah. they're fantastic. The geeks will become the fittest people on earth yeah. as soon as that happens. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, um, a donkey on a carrot, just a bag of Cheetos in front of them. Just keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, uh, you know, 3D TVs and curve schemes, they're never going to take off. But if somebody can make the killer app for VR and make a headset that cheap, then everybody's mm. in. And yeah, yeah, the potential for something like um, a Ready Player One is there, I think. It is there. Yeah, it's, it's getting there, and it's getting there quickly, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And especially when, when companies are looking for the next thing to set them apart a little bit um, and get people to spend their money. The console era is not coming to an end, but it's 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 reached the pinnacle of where it can go without just being faster, more space, um, a bit like PCs have become now. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. There's, only, there's only so far you can go now, and um, it feels like VR might be the next step, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that it has, it has to be a light headset or it has to be something that's you know usable at home I mean I remember when the Wii first came out and Wii bowling and stuff and you had to have the space to be able to do it and you know things like that mm. and very much so you're yeah. going to need to have the space or you're going to be sat on a sofa with a headset on yeah exactly um, but yeah that's that so that's that sounds cool so we'll keep an eye on oh, that oh yeah definitely um, 
the next one was an interesting one for me was the f- uh, the first time I've seen a video trailer for a board game oh which I thought was quite interesting. Um, this one is Plaid Hat, who are really they released a trailer for their upcoming game Gen Seven, which is the second Crossroads game. And uh, have you played Dead of Winter, John, or know of I Dead know of Winter? I know Dead of Winter. Yeah, so it's a zombie survival game, uh, sort of semi-cooperative. Um, maybe has a traitor in it, maybe not. We don't know. You know, it depends on the setup of the game. Um, but I, the idea is, you're all in that one. You're all sort of. Um, uh, survivors in a colony attempting to survive the, the zombie winter basically uh, and the interesting mechanic behind it is this crossroads mechanic where um, the player who's just been draws a crossroads card and on that crossroads card it'll have like a, a scenario and if the next player that takes their turn triggers that scenario like they've the next player visits the school or whatever the scenario might be uh, then it triggers the crossroads thing which is like an interrupt and the player that's got the crossroads card would read out that thing, gives the player a choice. They have to choose one thing or the other thing. Might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. And it's a really unique uh, mechanism. And they've I'm, that was 2014, um, Dead of Winter was released, so it's been four years, and they promised a sci-fi version, uh, well, a sci-fi game-themed uh, game in with that mechanic, and it's finally coming out. So that'll be next year now. I like the sound um, of that. It's called... Yeah, it's called Gen Seven. It's going to be based on a like a colony ship um, heading off to a new world, and basically shit hits the fan on the way, and you're working cooperatively to try and survive it. From the sound of things, and there's many different kind of scenario type things. It looks like uh, again, I don't know if there's going to be a traitory mechanic. There may well be. It'll be a bit like you know, yes. the company and aliens, you know, yep. that kind of style, maybe. Um, so there's, there's all sorts of interesting things, but uh, it, it looks good. And I, I, I liked Dead of Winter. I'm not a big zombie fan, um, so maybe Gen Seven's the one that I'll be more interested in. That sounds, I, I, I liked the sound of that, and I'm going to go and watch that. We'll tweet that out for people to mm. have a look at if they're not, not aware of that one, but that sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's kind of slipping under the radar a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that would be a good one to, to start our little push onto social media. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll do that. Um, in other plaid hat news, uh, DreamWorks have optioned Mice and Mystics for a movie, um, which is quite interesting. So that's another case of board games going into um, the movie realm. Uh, admittedly, there's not been too many so far. Um, Battleship springs to mind, which is dreadful. Yes, um, I'll second that. The the best board game based movie so far, I would hazard a guess, uh, is Clue is, uh, with yeah. uh, Tim um, Tim, Curry Tim Curry from back in the eighties. Has that got Michael Caine in it? No, no, no. I, don't, I can't remember who else it's got in it. I think it's got one or two other people that you'd recognise, but they're very sort of American. Um, they're not not British. Tim Curry's the only one that's British in it. I think he plays like the butlery dude. But that's a brilliant film. Um, really highly uh, recommend seeing Clue. Christopher Lloyd. Um, Oh, Christopher Lloyd's in it. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, but uh, yeah, the Mice and Mystics, uh, the story behind Mice and Mystics is that a... Uh, I haven't played it, I have to admit. I have to admit. Um, but the, I have um, a copy of it that you gave to me and I have not played it. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now you've got some incentive to try it. No, um, um, w- it's supposed to be really good with families. Well, that was d- the reason for no, it. No, um, um, so now Charlie's 11, He we play more board games. We, uh, we played... We play... Um, my little scythe and I've introduced them mm. to playing um, oh fuck it there you go the first one of memory blankness this week goes to me <laughs> uh, Lords of Waterdeep 
yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've introduced them to that, and they li- and they liked that. So again, something. I think this is kind of a little bit more RPG ish. Yes. Um, my my Mystics is a little bit more role play. Um, but very light, light role play. Uh, I think it's designed for the sort of young. It would be probably much better for Hannah maybe than Charlie now. I, I think Charlie um, will get it. I think he dig it. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to give. I'm going to get that. And maybe with Hannah as well. We'll play that. Mm. I think it, it, everyone I know. I mean, the reason the reason I got it back a lot was it two couple of years ago now um, was that everyone I knew had that had bought it or had a copy had it because they had it had families yeah um and it was a great game to play with their kids um so the idea behind it from what i remember is that um the the main character your main characters the players you the characters you'll be playing in the game um have been transformed into mice and they were like um royal royalty and they were transformed into mice and now they have to go on quests to get back to you know to break their curses or, or whatever it is uh, and they sort of have to explore the sewers and the and the un- and get into the castle and then explore the castle and they've got to avoid all the things that mice would have to avoid <laughs> as you can th- imagine um, while collecting cheese for their health and that kind of stuff um, so it's all very lightweight and and um, and sort of story based uh, so it's interesting that DreamWorks have optioned it for a movie so DreamWorks you'd imagine they're going to go down the animation route with that yes I would have thought so um but it's you know it's it's an interesting direction and it's it's good. it would be uh, probably the best modern board game conversion to movie, bearing in mind that Catan is the only other one I know of that's being shot. Which God knows how they're going to make that work. Yeah, that I I, I can't. But you forgot about Jumanji. Jumanji, well, Jumanji is a fantasy board game, a fictional board game that they made into yep. a movie and now they've made a board game because Jumanji was made <laughs> so that's a, yep. that's a kind of weird inception-y kind of thing um, and do we do we count uh, Game Night as well? no no okay. no I don't think so I thought he, uh, it's, it's have you seen it? it's not based on a board game is it? Uh, yeah yeah I've seen it I thought it, it was alright yeah it's, it's alright yeah did we not talk about it last week? um or last time. Might have done. Briefly, um, might have done. The thing, the thing I found interesting was that they kind of, it starts off with the, the kind of opening credits where you've got like the game pieces tumbling down and it's all like Carcassonne bits and it's from Terra Mystica and all these kind of hobby board games. And then when they turn up to their game nights going, these are our favourite board games. It's like the Game of Life and Cluedo and Monopoly. And it's just like, uh, really? So clearly Hasbro are paying for some of the, uh, some of the film being shot. So that was the only shame. Is there a Dungeons and Dragons um, film? Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, Dungeons and Dragons based films. Um, there must be. There's one. Is there one with Jeremy Irons in it or something? There is one. Uh, I'm just going to see if it is Dungeons and yes, Dragons. Yes, there is Dungeons and Dragons. Um, year 2000. Jeremy Irons. There you go. Thought there was. Uh, Looks. It was terrible, as I remember. It can't be that one. There must be another one. It must be based on a video game. I'm thinking of a um, Jason Statham movie with um, Ray Liotta as an evil wizard. Oh, Christ, and, that, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and, uh, and Burt Reynolds as a king. Oh, yes. Dragonlance, no. There's a Dragonlance film with Keith Salas cartoon. Is that a cartoon? I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Where is it? It's a, in the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. So that's based on it. I think that must be a video game, is it? I think. Um, I don't know. But it's, it, that was that was balls. Um, so yeah, that's that's worth looking at if you really like terrible films. Um, yeah, it's a video game, so it's based on a video game. 
dreadful. So that doesn't count. Uh, but yeah, I think anyway, the, the, I think the benefit of this is that there are many board games now that have very, very strong narratives. So I can easily see more games being converted for movie treatment just because they have unique story ta- stories to tell. Um, I can see things like Time Stories and Seventh Continent and even stuff like Clank or something being turned into 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 movies in some capacity I could um, see without too much trouble. Time, time Stories would make a good TV series because of the episodic nature yeah. of it, definitely. Well, it's basically, yeah, it's basically Time Cop mixed with Quantum Leap. Yeah. So um, that would be quite an easy one to convert. Uh, I mean, just looking at just looking at my game shelf from here. I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff that you could you could easily convert into into movies. Probably, um, I say that <laughs> I can't see any that I would want to watch. Um, uh, I'd love a Discworld movie. That would be yeah, awesome. that's more based uh, on Pratchett's books rather than a, the game, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. Maybe Sky, not. Maybe not. Sky did a couple of series, didn't they? Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I I heard. Going Postal was quite good. I thought it was all right, actually. Um, but I, I've not seen them, I have to admit. The, yeah, Going Postal uh, was okay. No. Um, I think at that point I'd, I'd had enough of seeing David Jason on things. Um, I don't... He's not in Going Postal. He's in the previous one, though, isn't he? Not in Going Postal, he's in the one before. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know what that was called, no. Oh, the Hogfather, wasn't it? Yeah. They did the, uh, admittedly, I should have watched The Hogfather because Death's my favourite character in the entire Discworld series, so I should have watched that one, really. Don't, doesn't David Jason play Rincewind? Don't. Uh, the, what, in the video game? No, in the... In the um, they made, Sky made The Hogfather, The Colour of Magic, and going postal. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that David Jason um, played Rincewind. Let me just check. Yeah, no, he did. David Jason played Rincewind. There you go, yeah. That's not Um, not in the book, though, is he? uh, Rincewind's in The Colour of Magic, yeah. It's the very... Oh, in The Colour of Magic. Yeah, yeah. The Colour of Magic, but not Hogfather. No, but yeah, Sky TV, The Colour of Magic. Mm -hmm. David Jason as Rincewind. Sean Astin as... um, uh, Is it Two Flower? Oh, hang on. We're looking at different things. In Hogfather, he plays a guy called Albert. Oh, right, okay. No, I'm looking at The Colour of Magic. There you go. Uh, Christopher Lee what did Christopher Lee voice the librarian Uh, weird sister's soul music hang on what are all these things oh animation TV miniseries from 1997 say what I never saw those ooh right I'm getting Paul on that he's going to download all of those for me so I can watch those soul music I want to watch that that looks good anyway that's that's another diversion um so yeah, uh, Discworld. If you haven't read them, get on it. <laughs> yeah, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> so talking about movies and TV. Anyway, another little segue. Um, that was what that last story is meant to be as a segue. Um, have you watched Ballad of Buster Scruggs? No, yet? I haven't. I haven't had a, a chance to watch it. I don't think my wife isn't a Coven Brothers fan, so it's not going to be something I sit down and watch with her. It's batshit nuts. That um, sounds like a winner. I I'm I'm not. It's not that I don't. I don't love it, uh, but I wouldn't say I dislike it. It's kind of weird. It's just so weird. I mean, I'm not into short stories in books, so and this is a short movies anthology, effectively, um, where no one of the sort of stories is any longer than, say, about half an hour. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's bleak is the only other thing I'd say for it. There's one story that has a relatively happy ending. <laughs> it's just... It's bleak, um, but very you know it's got that typical Cohen Brothers 
kind of the only thing it's got that doesn't have is Roger Deakins doing the cinematography from what I understand so but you, you get you can see there's some Deakins inspiration in some of the shooting right. um, in some in some in some of the stories I mean and some of the casting is really good um, so you've got like Liam Neeson in there in one of the stories um, who's in it with the character the guy that plays Dudley Dursley from the Harry Potter movies okay um, who is incredibly thin now and you would never have guessed it was Dudley Dursley um, I'm not going to say anything about the stories because it's it's very easily to spoiled um, there's uh, James Franco was a bank robber in one of them um, you got um, Tim what's he called oh man we talked about him in the very first episode <laughs> Tim Blake Nelson he plays Buster Scruggs in the very first one which is very weird um, but good uh, you've got Tom Waits as a gold prospector that was that was my favourite one of the, the stories that was genius um, can't think of any others now Brendan Gleeson's in one of them uh, yeah it's good it is good but it's very weird Megan didn't really enjoy it at all she's wondered what we were doing halfway through it and um, I wouldn't say I, 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 I will watch it again but I'm probably going to leave it a few months because <laughs> it's still kind of twisting its way around my noodle yeah I, I, will, I will sit down and watch it but I'm going to have to find the time to do it without Caroline I um, mm. might pack her off for a night to the cinema with her friends and then watch it Mm. it's kind of weird because it's an anthology you can, I knew it was originally intended as um, five or six separate TV like a short run TV mm-hmm. show a sort of like like an hour long or maybe not even an hour long you know, 40 minute long each episode and it, it kind of gives you that vibe when you're watching it you can see that it would have worked that way because they're that much shorter the stories that make up this anthology and I'd have think I'd have preferred it that way because some of the stories feel like they could have been longer right. and they weren't. Um, they felt like they were very truncated um, and, and one or two of them went on longer than they probably needed to as well. So I guess that's why they went, we haven't really got enough material to make this into a compelling TV show. Yeah. So yeah. let's just squash it all together. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's worth watching purely if you're a Coen Brothers fan of any type, then you'll want to watch it anyway. Um, and it's very unique in what it does. But yeah, they're, Bleak. <laughs> they're, they're superb filmmakers, and how can you not like the films that they make? They've made some of the, the you know, some yeah. of the most memorable films that I, I can remember anyway. You know, in recent mm. times, and they're all Cohen brothers. They 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 have an oeuvre. They have a um, a genre of their own. They, yeah, exactly. Very whimsical. Um, yeah, but um, generally sort of trying to find the right words it's very difficult to describe them with, with words <laughs> uh, they're unique but yeah they, 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 are, they have their own unique yeah. style without a doubt um, some, and you, you're not going to love them all no um, and some people love one but not another um, as we all know so um, but that's what I like about them they, they're never afraid to do they don't do the same thing over and over they do something different pretty much every time they make a movie um there might just be a common thread of theme or a common thread of kind of characterization that they might use, but ultimately every single film is different and a twist of some description on what they've done before. Yeah, uh, which is what I love. So, yeah, interesting though. It was definitely interesting. Yeah, it's definitely on my list, and I I, I do want to watch it. So, a, a couple more bits on films that I've seen. There's a, a picture of Hellboy from the Hellboy reboot just come up online. Yeah, um, and Neil Marshall was just said to, literally today, I think, that it's going to be bloodier and more violent. It's an, R- it's an R-rated one. film. <laughs> so, yeah, that's promising, yeah. promising. So it, it looks like it could be interesting. We'll see how that goes. And um, Rebellion have just 
set up a oh. film and TV studio. You beat me to it. I was going to say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Breaking news today, literally yeah. like two hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So it's going to be based um, up by Didcot. Yes. Near Oxford, where uh, where my sister lives. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, that's all obviously for Judge Dredd, Mega City One, and the Road Trooper film that's in being developed uh, exactly. by Duncan Jones at the moment. Exactly. Um, plus any future ones as <laughs> they're, they're, well. So that's great. It's, it's the, the, the characters and stuff in there, the slain Zenith. Zenith, I'd love to see as a TV nemesis. I don't know how the hell they do nemesis. Uh, but, oh, man, please, 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 please. I, I, I'm so bummed that the uh, the Dread film bombed, really, because it, it was a good film and it des- it was well done for the budget it was shot on. It deserved a bigger audience. It really did. Um, mm. Yeah, I'll never forgive the, uh, the... I can't remember who the studio was for that, um, but they just completely dropped the ball. Was it Warner? I, I it was Warner. Apparently it was written before The Raid and The Raid yeah. got hold of the script and they remade it. Yeah, exactly. They made they made it essentially for the in Eastern audience. Yeah, um, yeah they, which is perfectly fair. Yeah. Um, and but then as soon as it came out, everyone went, "Oh, it's just like the raid," and it's just like, well, it the, yeah. "Yeah, but yeah." <laughs> but it, uh, for me, I much prefer. I mean, I, I love martial arts movies. I do love the raid, but I do. I Judge Dread is easily one of my favourite comic book adaptation movies, yeah. without a doubt. Um, I love it. It's um. I mean. Uh, yeah, they, they. I know there's a lot of studios and stuff sitting empty at the moment, so the potential there to get the, the you know, and get something going, is is they they need the financing and they need it, but it might not be Marvel or DC level yeah. when they do it, but it's it, they, there's so much there that they, and it would be mm. British heroes. And you don't. It, that's the thing though. The dread proved you don't need Marvel stroke Disney level capital to make a compelling yeah. story and also visual effects that work because they didn't use any special real effects other than some sort of longer shots and, and um, sort of cityscape stuff yeah. which quite frankly boys in bedrooms can do with fancy tech nowadays yeah. um, so I I think they can probably make stuff like the Dread TV show and stuff on a, on a reasonable budget and it will hopefully re- make a return um, but we'll see I mean it's, it's going to be interesting how they push it um, but it's great that they've invested in the studio for it, so you know that's got to be a positive. It, it, it should be. Um, if they can get the budget together, I'd love to see Dread done with a sort of like a Game of Thrones size budget. Mm. It'll never get it, but you know, can only hope. Yeah, right. was literally sort of talking here. Um, it says part of the reason for setting up the new studio, which sits near Rebellion's Oxford base, was a lack of space to pursue new projects. We've got a huge library of good stories and we'll do original stuff as well, Kingsley said. We make computer games, VFX is an area we're looking at. This is a whole bunch of interesting stuff, but you do need the craft skills and you need the facilities. So that's kind of why they've gone, well, we need the facilities, let's get yeah, the facilities. Exactly. It's like a, we, if you build it, they will come type territory. Hello. So, um, Hello. Oh, you Hello? went there. You went Yo. there. You're back. Sorry. So did you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's that's going to be quite cool. Yeah. So that's one. That's an interesting story to t- sort of follow as we go along. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely interested in Mega City One. I, I, I really want to watch Dread. That especially if Carl Urban comes back for to be Dread, that would be super, he, super. He awesome. said he's going to stick with it until it becomes something he 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 doesn't want to do anymore. So um, I hope mm. with a name like yeah. Carl Urban involved, he can he, yeah. he he can he can do something. Yeah. 
precisely. Yeah. Um, so you've you watched Equalizer too? <laughs> yeah. We talked. I talked about that last week or the last time around. Yeah. Uh, badass. You like it? Badass Denzel doing badass things to bad people. <laughs> yeah. He just kicks butt through the film. He did just yeah. does. He's awesome. He is awesome. He just does take the piss. You know, somebody. Oh, it's gonna break your arm. We'll just kill you. We'll just do that. He's just superb in it. It's really really funny. It's just the listening yeah. of him getting revenge on people is great. Yeah. I think he's he's it's one of one of my favourite sets of films he's done. I wouldn't say Equalizer Two is particularly great. It's it's fun to watch. Um, the first Equalizer I really enjoyed as a as a con- yeah. you know, considering it was Ed Woodward's role from British TV yeah. from years ago. Um, then uh, you know Denzel convert helping convert it into something a bit more modern was was great. Um, you know geriatric hitman in in working in B and Q. It's brilliant. Um, but this was much the same. Um, just a guy minding his own business, taking care of little jobs. I love the way it opened in um, on the train to Istanbul, uh, and he's there sort of just rescuing his librarian's daughter who'd been kidnapped. You know, it's just like oh, I'll just go off and do that. Yes. Uh, I, I love I love that he's just like a little fixer. Um, just go. Oh, he's got all the money he needs. He doesn't need anything else. He's just going to go and solve problems against bad people, and it's it's great. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. So I doubt there'll be another one, but uh, anything with Denzel in, I'm immediately interested. Yeah, no, as long as it's not one of those kind of wishy-washy dramery type jobs that he does sometimes. Sometimes, no, it's okay. The other thing I've also been watching is the Teen Titans TV series, not the Teen Titans Go cartoon, which I like, but the adult TV series, um, mm. which is. Um, that's a bit weird it's a bit weird um mm. robin's a complete and utter bastard in it the the new robin i can't remember oh, what's the name of the new robin oh bollocks but um what the actor no no no, no 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 so in in the character the character name in batman law robin becomes nightwing and yeah. then there's a new robin who is oh. um jason todd he becomes and Jason Todd's just basically an arsehole <laughs> really just he likes beating up cops he's just he just oh Batman don't care I'm just going to do it and then, um, Robin's a complete psychopath um, Starfire dresses like a space hooker um, there, there's uh, the son of a demon who can who has this like black liquid that can batter the crap out of people that comes out of a mouth and then you've got a kid that turns into a tiger so it's quite an interesting um, group of characters and they're being trapped by this family they're like a all-american family of um complete psychos who like chopping people's heads off so it's quite a violent program if i'm honest with you and there's mm. there is a bit of sex in it too it's very much an adult adult um superhero program but if you it takes about five episodes to get going but it does find its feet it's okay it's not bad mm. yeah. okay it's, it's again it's one of those kind of it's almost damning with faint praise yeah <laughs> sort of DC level um, they'll take it I'm sure yeah, <laughs> so, yeah and, and that's the uh, thing you know anything's going to suffer with Marvel comparisons unfortunately I, I dare yeah. say if, if DC had come along and done a decent job and got in there before Marvel everybody was saying be saying Marvel stuff is suffering in comparison to DC it's just the way it's worked out I yeah, felt no, exactly. I always thought yeah. that DC had the better characters um, and you know Iron Man to uh, was never the greatest comic in the world either. It's you know the way it's panned out. Hey, yeah. we we could do a special on how crap the Marvel films are one night, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's it's worth a watch. It's worth looking into if if you like a superhero mm. milieu and want to see something like that, a nice violent yeah. one with a space hooker in it. That, that's well, you got me. You got me interested with the. Uh 
well, space generally. Hooker bit is just a bonus. Yeah, she's um, she's an alien princess or something, and she's yeah, she dresses uh, like a space hooker, and she can fire laser awesome. beams out of her eyes. <laughs> awesome. I was, we were talking to um, who we were talking to the other day. Uh, oh, it was at the pub last night. We were on um, a Star Wars quiz with Eddie and Megan last night, and which we won. Oh come way. on, uh, you're not going to lose that, Sam. Well, you you should have seen some of the nerds that were there. I was surprised, <laughs> mate. We've been yeah, close. even though even though. Even though in the final round, uh, Eddie snuck off to the toilet and then came back. Oh, I've oh. realised what that answer was. Oh. <laughs> we were like, oh, you dirty cheat. We didn't say anything. but uh, Thankfully, we won by one and a half points. So that one point he stole didn't really matter. That's okay. Because uh, we won by an extra half point. So that was all right. No idea where the half point came from. Um, but the Quizmaster guy was regretting it within about five minutes of doing a Star Wars quiz because he had literally all the nerds coming up asking for clarification <laughs> of what he meant by the everything. So, it was like one of the questions was um, what planet is Leia Princess Leia from oh can you imagine that oh but um, do you mean the one she was born on or do you mean the one she lived was raised on and that kind of stuff and it was just like oh my god uh, it was just every single question had to get clarified oh, um, that's, a, that's a death by a thousand cuts that is yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, to be fair, the guy that does it is really—he's—he's he's pretty good as the quiz master. Um, he's quite entertaining as well. Um, but yeah, it was—it was—it was quite easy. A lot of it was was quite easy. I can't think of the quiz. The the question we were getting stuck on was a prequels question, um, which understandably we couldn't remember. Um, it was uh, what planet in uh, didn't say which movie, but it's what which planet did the clones come from basically. Um, and me and Meddy were sat there going, "Oh God, what is it?" Oh, and I couldn't remember. Um, that's the one he came back, came back from the toilet. Geonosis. No, no, that's uh... that's where they mm. were cloned on Geonosis, but they came from Mandalore. No, no, they um, Geonosis is the um, isn't that the one where the they have the kind of gladiator uh, yeah. fight? Um, it's Camino. Camino, that's it. It's, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's a prequel question. Who cares about those? And that was that was one of them. I think we we uh, I was sat there with Megan going, oh, it doesn't matter. Just invent something. Doesn't it? yeah, doesn't matter. And she just put Attack of the Clones is shitland as the answer. <laughs> and I thought that was a better answer yeah. than, than the actual one. And to be fair, we should have left it because we'd still have won the quiz anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was quite fun. What was your team name? Um, uh, let the Wookiee win. <laughs> nice. But the guy wasn't a, the guy wasn't a, a Star Wars fan. So he didn't really get it. He went with like Star Wars Tip Wars or something. I don't know some crass <sighs> name that he found amusing. <laughs> they got a bonus point for some really rubbish name. I put effort in. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Um, I can't remember what, when we did the Marvel. Uh, well, the superheroes one. I can't remember what we. Uh, oh, I think it was. Um, I think because it was in the pub. Uh, I think I, I think we were called the Legion of Doctor Doombar. <laughs> Because we always used to let historically when we did quiz, it was always the Legion of Doombar because we were in a pub that served Doombar, uh, and so I thought, well, we'll just do the same name, but we'll just call it Doctor Doombar because at least it's a kind of tenuous link to thing. And he, he gave us the point for that, so I was like, I've got, I've got, I've got history. I need to, I need to get a clever name every week now. <laughs> so, uh, let the wiki win did, did all right. Oh, there's, there's an IT Christmas quiz every year, um, and we've all all the IT people in, um, for desktop support have to wear. We've got a uniform. It's purple shirts so we've always been called the purple meanies but this year we're not being the purple meanies we've been call- we're calling ourselves spoiler alert so just just so oh. when they say and the scores are blah blah, blah spoiler alert I have 12 points with who <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> just, that's good yeah so that, that, that's what we call this year we're team spoiler alert or just spoiler alert excellent 
Oh, I do like a good quiz. Do like a good but quiz. I think I'm, yeah. what I'm going to do is find find some um, Keyforge or some of the random names and use those as team names. That's probably a good idea. And it would make them go, what the hell? Uh, exactly. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next thing you've got on your uh, list there for what you've been watching, I have also been watching. What's that? Alex Steele. Alex yeah, Steele yeah, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he is. Yeah, well, I say awesome. He's, he's entertaining. He he's, is. he's kind of he is. quirky and fun. He is. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, this is an extension of our Forged in Fire fascination. This is actually Forged in Steel. Yeah. The guy's called Steel, so that's that's why. But it's uh, he's he's a British Smith, young British Smith, uh, who has got. He's been a YouTuber for ages. I think he's quite. He's probably the most popular blacksmith on in YouTube circles. I thought in the UK anyway. Yeah. And um, he he scored a, a bit of a deal with history to do Forged in Steel as a little half hour snippety show where he recreates weapons from history, exactly like Forged in Fire, but as a proper like thing that looks gorgeous at the end. Um, so he did like Viking axe with this amazing pattern of Damascus and um, the Scottish uh, claymore and all sorts of stuff. And his katana was getting awesome, yeah. lovely looking blade. He's he's uh, very talented in what he does. And the thing is, yeah. he'll he'll learn about the the history and stuff, and he'll put extra effort in, and he wants to get things right. He's he's a very mm. talented smith. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and he and he's fun. He's 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 kind of. I think he'd probably annoy some people that watch him. Yes, um, he's got mannerisms that would probably annoy some people, but I find it endearing and, and he's he's charming. Uh, and I, I, I find his unflusterable optimism about everything. He's, he, he's very English, um, and yeah. he's he and yeah, there's a, there's a, a, like his a puppy dog enthusiasm about him. I'm just going to yeah. keep going. Yeah, that's just going to keep it. going. Just going to go and do this, and you know, um, it, it, some of the stuff he makes is fantastic, and it's not just swords. He'll make other things as well. Um, mm. it, 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 how he makes his hammers and th- you know, he, he, selling hammers and things like that to people. Um, in, yeah. I have to say, I, there is a criticism of him for me in the last. He's he's just um, gone to work in America in Montana, and yeah. it, 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 there hasn't been any videos in a while, so I don't know what's going on at the moment. I know, but he's setting his forge up over there and it, yeah and I think he's just setting it all up isn't he it's probably just quite boring at the yeah. moment I'd have thought them just kind of moving things around and it, but um, there's a lot about selling merch and selling t-shirts and things like that unfortunately yeah um, I think that's kind of um, it's become a thing hasn't it staple, to try and yeah. fund, staple, fund it yeah. and everything um, so once he gets up and running there I'm sure that that will drop off a little bit yes because um, I think historically he's always had sponsorship and stuff yes that, um, to some degree which has always been good I mean for anybody um, to make money out of YouTube is a, is a hard endeavour and the fact that he's doing it quite successfully is a good thing mm. really you know he's just a, a young lad who's just, you know he's found a niche and he, yeah. he's um, he's very much ploughing that niche really yeah make hay while the sun shines exactly. and that's certainly what he's doing so yeah and, and I, I enjoy watching it so i'm looking forward to the first thing he actually makes in yeah. in montana now yeah. um, uh, it's a shame he's now in montana instead of here exactly um but he's, he'll always be british he so will it doesn't be. matter <laughs> I, I want him on forged in fire yeah i'd love to see him do a forged in yeah. fire uh, it, it, uh, i'd love to, him and jay nielsen and um jason knight and ben abbott say all four of them yeah. go doing a thing and i'd like to see them do a forged in fire where it's like um a little bit bake-offy where it's the same cast and they just whittle it down week by week that kind of style i'd like to see that more so they kind of have to, each week they have to do like a, a different style um of knife or whatever and um 
they do an axe and then they'll make a hammer and then they'll do you know do whatever so it kind of takes them through the whole range of smithing skills um a little bit i think that would be more interesting than just four random joes that come on especially with these latest ones that they're not actually you look at the the ones that have been on forged in fire in the, this last series compared to the first couple of series yeah. and you can see this noticeable drop in quality definitely um, i'd agree and, yeah. and it's not as it's it's still fun to watch and i still love watching it but the quality of the you know people that were out in the first round in the first couple of series are better smiths than the ones that are winning it now I would say um, so it would be great to actually see some proper pros trying to do some of the stuff they do in Forged and Fire for sure yeah, I, I, um, the last Forged and Fire I saw they made a crossbow yeah. and I was like it's a crossbow it's not really a sword is it yeah all, all they did was forge the forge yeah. the arms basically yeah, it's isn't it not really, and it, yeah. it's all it's tenuous isn't it because they, they've kind of that was was that part of the champions thing um, the tournament thing I can't. Remember, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, where it's like fifty grand for the winner instead of uh, ten, and it. But all of the episodes are sponsored by some video game, like phone, mobile phone game, basically. Right. So it's all a little bit weird. Um, not too keen on those ones because it feels a little artificial. And they're also running out of weapons. It's like they was it in the third, third series and, and the first part of the fourth where everything was just this weird tribal weapon from Africa yeah. that no one's ever heard yeah. of um, and it's just like nah, don't really care about no, that they, I'd rather they just do the same weapons again like yeah. I don't know the Viking sword was popular let's do that one again this time you know? make another claymore uh, and see it snap when they, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> shoot, yeah, shoot, all those sort of shoot the blades again yeah, you know make, an, make another katana you know make, yeah. make a mace or something yeah, exactly. Do something that's actually smithing, yeah. as opposed to just some random piece of leaf spring steel that's whatever shape you exactly, want to be. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we're 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 prattling on. Um, that's what we're here so, for. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Um, and uh, do you want to talk about Bosch yeah, quickly? You said you were talking uh, about American that. cop show um, starring uh, uh, the, a man with the greatest name in TV at the moment, Titus Welliver. <laughs> that's the lead actor's name Titus Welliver um, basically he's a cop in, in Hollywood in Los Angeles um, he comes from a damaged background his uh, mother was a murdered prostitute he grew up in a Catholic's children home and was beaten regularly um, he, he's had a you know hard knocks upbringing and he's, he's a cop now he made a load of, he basically he solved a really famous case in America the story goes and he made a load of money so he's got this beautiful house in the hills overlooking LA and he plays jazz and, um, and basically he's a really good detective and he, he, it starts off he's in um, basically starts he's in court for killing a somebody he was chasing down the street he thought he was going to um, draw a gun and he shot him you know you know guy puts his hand behind the back going for something so he shoots him and it's whether or not the gun was actually there and it's like he, he, the gun was there but it's them trying to prove that he was um you know how many people have you shot in the line of duty uh five uh, you know they all justified yes that sort of thing he's, he's a no-nonsense cop and he's tracking down a serial killer and it's all to do with his family and the politics of it there's a lot of if you've seen the wire there's a lot of wire sort of stuff running through it stuff in the background stuff to do with cop politics and uh, la politics and family life and stuff going on it's a very good cop show very good cop show i have to say i do like it um and there's they've just finished filming the fifth series so we're just about halfway through the second at the moment so there's plenty of watching there 
Um, but yeah, Titus Welliver is brilliant. He's <laughs> a what a name. And it's got, a, funny mm-hmm. enough, he's got one of the actors from The Wire in it as well, a guy who plays Marlowe. Um, one of the young lads plays one of the, his partner of a black detective. Very good. But yeah, if you if you want a cop drama, go and watch Bosch. It's good. It's well worth it. I think oh, it's Amazon oh. it's on. I'm going to tell Megan about it so she, that's her type of thing without a doubt I, I'm not into cop shows but uh, she loves she loves a good crime right. crime show they, um, she's uh, watching New Bloods on TV at the yes moment. yeah that's okay there's um was it, there's a girl in the in the show and she's sort of like they get close to each other and you think is she up to something she's like, is she in, in this case is there a bit of conspiracy going on here so she's up to something and she's chasing this guy down and she gets him in a an underground car park and she says right freeze put your hands on the wall and the next thing you know he Bosch is running down there to try and help her out and there's a gunshot and she's been shot and you think hold on a minute he didn't have a gun he had his hands on the wall is this something what's a, what's a conspiracy here and no it just turns out she's incompetent and she shot herself <laughs> and it's, it's just it's all well done so you don't know what's going on it's just it plays it so so well it's a great show really good well worth watching mm. cool cool there you go this week's tip yeah, yeah, yeah. Bosch. Bosch. Yeah. Um, so very quickly, a couple of traders that have come out in the last week or so. Um, Once Upon a Deadpool, the um, PG-13 stroke PG or PG-12 here and whatever it is over in America, 13 rated or whatever, uh, where they've basically re-dubbed and done some extra shots for uh, Deadpool 2 and turned it into a, a, a PG-rated version. Oh, Christ. Um, no idea what that's going to be like, uh, but some people find that interesting I'm sure it looks very strange when you watch the trailer <laughs> yeah I, I, I must admit I haven't seen that but I, I like Deadpool I've seen Deadpool so I don't know if I'd watch this one again just for a couple of extra yeah, shots yeah exactly it, it's, it's, it's not so much the shots it's like they've basically redubbed the entire film uh, and taken out of taken out all of the profane stuff <laughs> yeah so it's basically it'll be strange uh, and I'm sure it'll be interesting to some degree I'll wait for it to be TV based but, um, but, but, Deadpool but, without the swearing isn't Deadpool that's that's yeah. the whole shtick of Deadpool is that he swears. I'm guessing that they they must they must do something to kind of counterbalance that. I'd thought because otherwise there's no way that uh, Ryan Reynolds would want to wanted to have been involved if it wasn't um, something interesting. I would guess. Uh, but anyway, we'll see. I don't know if anyone's interested. I'm, I'm not particularly interested in it. I don't really like Deadpool two that much. Uh, first one was great. Second one, I fell asleep in yeah. the first one. Second one was okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think the trouble was it was it was it was trying to capture the the same genie in a bottle for the second one, yeah. and it, it was always going to struggle as a result. Um, and and when Megan and I watched the first one, we were actually on a flight home from Gran Canaria, and we had like an audio splitter for the iPad, and we were just watching. So I was just watch. So I, had, I had a racist bigot sat next to me trying to prattle on about racist things and I was like oh, I'm just going to ignore this dude and so we just plugged in and watched Deadpool and Megan and I must have annoyed everyone on the front of the plane because we were pissing ourselves laughing like proper laughing out loud on the plane oh good if you're <laughs> annoying the racist that's always a good thing yeah well, that was what I was hoping um, so yeah if nothing else we were drowning out the racist by, by laughing so loud I think but uh, yeah so we've got fond memories of Deadpool um, I've not seen Lego Movie 2's trailer mm. so tell me tell me tell me what's that about so basically um following on Emmett in another adventure uh, they have an idyllic life and a lovely and you know a lovely Lego land um, that obviously Will Ferrell and his daughter have built and then an alien appears and steals away the girlfriend and it's uh, Emmett's adventure to try and get her back from the alien uh, and very much the Batman's in there the Batman jokes are in there the same Lego jokes are in there by the same directors 
whether it will it live up to the first I love the Lego movie I thought it was very well done mm. not so much that the Lego Batman movie had some moments um, but we'll see what this one's like the, the trailer actually looks okay but it, mm. uh, it could be a difficult sequel could be a difficult sequel yeah but it's going to be especially when they um it's Lord and Miller, yep. isn't it? So they're, they're following on from being booted from Solo as well. So it's going to be interesting to see, see again, see if they've managed to capture the same... That's, again, lightning in the bottle a little yep. bit. Um, you know, are they going to be able to... Is it just going to be more of the same, or are they going to try and twist it up a little bit and do something a little bit different? They can't obviously do the same twists uh, that they had for, for the first film. Um, so they're going to be doing something a bit different, I'm sure, but... Uh, anyway, the, I, I really enjoyed Lego Movie. Surprisingly, no, again. I was surprised how pleasant. I found. Yeah. You're up. You're back. Yep. You you went then. Yeah, I'm back. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We'll we'll see. Cool. We'll see. Yeah. So. And yeah. the li- so that's, that's good. The last one, Lion King live action trailer. Yeah. Weird. I mean, I, I, I'm not a big Lion King fan anyway, but so this some things. I fucking hate the Lion I'm sure King. It's very clever, but I'd, I'd sooner just have proper 2D animation when I see it if it's going to be that kind of movie from Disney I want I want a 2D kind of classic cartoon style animation a little bit I hate The Lion Um, King (laughs) my kids Uh, love The Lion King yeah I'm I'm not big on The Lion King I have to admit my sister loves it the thing thing is there is an entire Disney back because they're doing Aladdin they they Mm. will remake all of their classic cartoons into live. Do you know who's? Do you know who's doing Aladdin though? <laughs> He's Will Smith, isn't um, it? No, no, the director. No. It isn't it. Um, uh, Lockstock. Oh <laughs> no, you know it's not Guy Ritchie. Is it? <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure he's doing Aladdin. Oh, you're home. Uh, oh god, my god. I might go and see that because that'd be crash. That'd be car crash. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Sure on a second, hold on, please, 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 please. He's Guy Ritchie, <laughs> and it's been written by Guy Ritchie as well. But yeah, he's Will Smith. He's in it. Oh my god, that's going to be a car crash. Oh yes, okay. I'll, I might have to take the kids to see that. Oh fucking hell! Excellent. Oh, that's yeah. made my night. That's. Oh, there you go. There you go. There's. Um, if, if I've achieved nothing else today, then that will that'll do me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an evil chuckle because that's that's. Mm, yeah. 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 Okay. Live action. I mean, other live action Disney stuff. I mean, they did Beauty and the Beast. That came out this this year as well, yeah. didn't it? Um, again, not particularly they, interested in that. Gonna, I've heard it was okay. They'll do, they do them all. Every Disney film, yeah. they're just going to plumb the depth of those. Little Little Mermaid in live action should be interesting. Yeah, that could be interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> I say interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they do it, as opposed to it'll be interesting and fun. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it won't be carefully placed clamshells everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it'll just be the extra footage from Aquaman they didn't use mm. or something. Pretty much. There's uh, another. There was another trailer out for that this week. I haven't watched that either, but that looks like it's going to be god awful as well. Yeah. Yeah. But at least it looks like it. They know it's going to be god awful, so hopefully they'll have some fun with it. At least, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm hopeful they'll eventually accidentally make a good one. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Wonder Woman is okay. Yeah, Wonder Woman's all right. Um, um, the, that was fine. The, the, the thing is, um, the, it'll be the Guy Ritchie one has the potential to be unintentionally good, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, you'd ex- almost expect it to be bad now. Therefore, yeah, it it it's got more possible 
chance of being good better than you expect yeah um so yeah <laughs> I, I might be going to see wreck it ralph 2 this week but i don't i don't uh, know at the moment okay. i'll wait i'll wait and see so i might have a report on that for next time great great no, I'm quite, like i've not even seen the first one yet i have to admit the first one really the first one's all right actually it's not bad at all yeah. And the, the one thing I want to go and see is Mortal Engines as well when that comes out. I mm, saw another trailer for that tonight. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, that looks like it could be in, an, an interesting, you know, Peter Jackson, an interesting film. Mm. Well, it's, it's YA, isn't it? So yeah. I'd imagine Charlie will quite enjoy it. Yeah. And probably, um, well, Hannah too, probably. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, she's very much of, of that ilk. Mm. Uh, when, it's very fantastical and yeah. um, a bit silly, but easily believable for kids well, so, it, but yeah. Christ. Megan, Megan sort of had a bit of a weird look in her eye when I had it on TV earlier she was like no <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I'll, yeah I'll go and see it I'll definitely go and see that one I think I'll take Charlie to it I think Great. You know, I'm lucky in that the, the wonderful wife will go and see these things yeah, yeah, well, that's it. That's great. See, yeah, and you, and plays games with you as well. well this is true. Oh, so we did. So in envy. Yeah. Uh, right, let's roll on. Let's roll on. So we're, we're pushing the boundaries of our normal time limit. So uh, this week's spotlight, we uh, are talking about Predator. favourite films certainly one of my favourite films um, and I watched it literally only a couple of hours ago just to remind myself of how awesome it really is it uh, is an awesome film like I love awesome it's, it's <laughs> got big muscles it's awesome it's uh, I, honestly that, that arm slapping bit between Carl Weathers and Schwarzenegger y- yeah. you know there's there's a couple of good stakes there they're fucking their arms are massive I'll use my language their arms are massive <laughs> Yeah. What I love is the is the fact that the, I, I don't know the story behind that particular shot, whether it was it was meant, uh, whether it was written in the script or not, or whether it was something those two came up with a bit, because uh, from what I've read, there's there was competition on the set between all the all the big guys, so Jesse Ventura, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, Bill Duke, uh, they were all a, a bit kind of macho on set and kind of sneaking out at three to at three a.m. to go and get some extra yeah. reps in in the gym and stuff like that and um carl weathers would pretend that oh no my body's god given and i don't need to exercise but he'd basically wait till everyone else has been in the gym and knackered and fallen asleep and he'd sneak out and <laughs> do a few reps then um so it it has watching it again knowing that it looks like it's a arnie v carl thing more than it is a dutch v dylan um and they're kind of like testing each other a little bit uh as as act you know as physical actors almost as as opposed to characters. The thing is, they um, they all look like they had an immensely good time making the film. Well, interestingly enough, I don't think they did. Oh no! <laughs> well, it, it was shot in the jungle, uh, and it was simultaneously humid as hell, as you can tell from the sweat dripping off them the entire time, and freezing cold because for the night shoots it was freezing. Um, the especially for Kevin Peter Hall who plays the predator and for Arnie when they're sort of in and out of that water and mud um, that water was stagnant and stinking uh, Arnie spent three weeks in the mud like that basically trying to shoot those that last scene uh, those last scenes uh, Kevin Peter Hall was covered in leeches from the water uh, it, it sounded like it was a horrific uh, it sounded like they enjoyed it insofar as 
after the fact they sort of talk about it with fondness to some degree I think but I think it was a nightmare to shoot from from all accounts um, but yeah what a film they made uh, it, it's just watching it again tonight it's timeless it is it's it, utterly timeless it's, you can't improve it's on the it, best it's the I'm best concerned. Schwarzenegger film I think it's perfectly paced there's there's it, it the, the way it romps along I mean, it starts off in a helicopter, doesn't it? Is, it, is that, that's, if I recall correctly, it's a helicopter shot of it, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it yeah. just, I mean, most of the time it's just guys running shooting machine guns around the jungle and screaming and dying. But it never lags. It doesn't give you a chance mm. to breathe. It keeps that pace up that, you know, it's, it's superbly done. It really, mm. really is. It, it's it's the, such yeah. a simple premise, but it's stretched to such an mm. nth degree. It's, it's brilliant. But the story of the premise is, is interesting too because the, the writers, I can't remember their names now, um, but there's a, a pair of brothers who wrote the first script for it uh, and sold it to Joel Silver. Uh, and the concept for it came about because Rocky had been so successful. This is after Rocky Four, And the joke going around Hollywood, um, not Hollywood, but you know, the joke after Rocky Four was, who's he going to fight next? He'll have to fight an alien. And so that's where they kind of went oh what would happen if that sort of thing happened and then it, they, the original script was called hunter and they had the idea that this alien would come down and um hunt the, the biggest game the most dangerous game i.e man um and and that's where it kind of it went from there um so it is just a really clever even now it's just a clever simple idea um and, and strangely prescient as well you know you kind of see those this kind of um the shots that Petter put out on Twitter and stuff of those asshole dentists and whatever in America yeah. have gone off to yeah. shoot giraffes and whatever. It, it kind of has that same vibe when you watch it now because the Predator's got awesome technology and it's not. It's just going to... It's, it's trophy hunting. It's not necessarily doing it for any necessary skill, um, but it's trophy hunting with much better technology. And it's just like, I'm going to zap that one with my head cannon boom, and rip its skull out. Job done. Add that to the collection. Yeah. Um, and it's only when he comes up against Arnie that he's like, ooh, cracks the knuckles you know this one's a bit bit more interesting um but it's, it's it's i know it doesn't have any political beef to chew but you can see elements in it that are just clever and have echoes in real life which i really love um and it, like i say it's like the it's the first film i remember seeing it's one of the first sci-fi films i saw pretty much as a kid uh and it's one of the first i remember seeing kind of like military style action i guess in um and all of that stuff is really I mean, it's very gung ho and very, um, you know, OTT, especially when they're sort of blitzing that camp and just grenading everything, and Arnie chucking a truck through the whole scene and all the rest of it. But um, when they're sort of going through the jungle and they got they got um, Billy tracking and all that sort of stuff, it, it feels very real and clever, uh, and like they're serious the entire time, which I love. I think it sets the blueprint for every sort of like gang, like army, mob, gang, CIA group, sort of like attacking a, a base or destination film that after it do you think of any of those films of that ilk that they, they all came after this and, and the makeup of the team you've got um, there's an Indian there's a couple of uh, Afro-Caribbean fellas you know it's not just a bunch of white dudes on a romp it, uh, yeah. for the 80s that's I think that must have been quite groundbreaking um, yeah yeah I mean, especially when when Billy the the 
Native American guy played by Sonny Land Sonny Landon is that his name Sonny Landon something like that um, to be a really grumpy guy on set but uh, he's awesome you know, you've got to love him the yeah. ace tracker stands on that log going wanting to go mano a mano with the, with the predator cutting cutting his chest open with that ginormous bowie knife yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's, it's just superbly manly and kind of um, it's very testosterone but like it's targeted testosterone it's not just chest beating and whatever uh, that's what I liked about it it was it, it felt like yes they are huge dudes but they were still doing things in a very sort of clever thought out kind of way a little bit um, like they were taking the whole thing seriously the only thing like watching it again now um, the very first scene is actually um, the credit scene where um, starts off uh, what's that it's like another film oh god I can't remember which film it is now, but it's basically um, a ship in space coming down, yep. and then Predator's ship, you know, capsule or whatever comes out and goes down. Um, that was added after the fact, apparently. Like the studio added that in, not the director. The director, by the way, is John McTiernan, yep. who then went on to make Die Hard, off which is back, another awesome off film. Off the back of the success of this. Yeah. Off the um, Christmas movie, and maybe we should watch that next as yeah. it's Christmas. I, I, Oh, you read my mind. Uh, for Christmas movies, it's that or Trading Places, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, oh, uh, no, I haven't seen. We should watch Trading Places. Oh, do both. Oh, We've got plenty of time until Christmas. Only for, <laughs> That's at least two more episodes if we're if we're good. Excuse me if we've got any female listeners, but just to see Jamie Lee Curtis topless. As as a kid, that was the best exactly, movie in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, as a teenage boy. Um, anyway, back to yeah. Predator. Um, so yeah, the the studio added that shot of the of the ship to start the movie. And how much better would the film have been if it had the twist that the thing in the jungle killing the dudes is actually an alien? Because there's no easy. Okay, it's got the kind of that infrared kind of vision thing going on. You don't really know what it is until the only time you get a hint of, that the predator is actually an alien, if you didn't no, see that exactly, first yeah. scene, is when he's sort of like picking up that scorpion um, that um, Bill Duke has killed and picks it up, holds it in his hand, and you can see like the claws on the tips of his fingers. And you think, oh, hang on a minute then. Because up to that point, it's very creepy. It's like, why did the gorillas skin those dudes and hang them upside yeah. down? You know, how, you know it, all that stuff was like, oh, what's going on here? It's very creepy. So imagine how cool it would have been if. Oh, it's an alien! Oh my god! Yeah, that would have been a really cool twist, but they ruined it by putting a spaceship at the front. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I think they could have done it better by not. You're right that that bit sort of like it's, it's a, almost a spoiler at the start, and they should have left it off. Yeah, I mean, not that it hurt it as a, as a you know, I hadn't thought about that at all until um, until I'd seen it again, and uh, someone else had mentioned it in a in a video I watched a few weeks ago. Um, or maybe, or maybe it was in reading the Empire did a, an article on it a few weeks ago. Uh, and I just think, yeah, it, uh, it no good now cutting it out because you know, you know the film's thirty years yeah. old. It's not, you know, it's, it's too late. But um, it would have been it would have been cool at the time. I think to have had that kind of twist element to it. Um, another bit of lore from the film, uh, common common ish lore knowledge. Jean Claude Van Damme. It was going to be his first film. Um, did you know? Yeah, that? he was. Uh, he was the alien, wasn't he? Uh, you had him yeah, dressed up in a, some mad insect suit. Yeah, the video. Of it, yeah, <laughs> the, the first. The first Predator was actually this kind of weird rubber insect-like suit with kind of um, backwards-facing leg, articulated legs and stuff. And the idea was that they wanted someone who was a bit more lithe, and they wanted the they wanted the predator to be a bit more like um, like a ninja kind of thing in the jungle. So they wanted someone who was going to be 
sort of very limber and quick and and have to do a bit of martial arts and stuff. So imagine Jean-Claude Van Damme's misery when he realised he was going to be in this big puppet suit and barely able to move, can't see anything. And apparently he was really grumpy that no one was going to see his face. <laughs> so yeah, they- he was thinking, oh, it's my big break. I'm going to be in a Hollywood movie. And I'm wearing a giant rubber suit. Oh. <laughs> so, but they realised the, the, the alien actually looked shite. So uh, they quickly quickly changed tack. Um, what was amazing, the Predator uh, suit, the, the actual Predator that everyone knows now, one of the most iconic monster movie monsters. Yep. Ever, I would say, um, it was come up with in about two weeks uh, via Stan Winston's character shop, um, and predominantly by two technician dudes that were in there that were basically tasked with coming, you know, finishing this thing off as quick as possible for the production, because uh, they literally had like something like two weeks to actually build this thing and, and come up with it. Um, Stan Winston himself was on a plane with James Cameron sat next to him. He was doing, sort of doing doodling and stuff. And James Cameron was going, oh, put some mandibles on it. I've always wanted to do a, man- a machine, a monster with mandibles. And so he went, oh, okay, think about that. Uh, so that's how that came about. Um, and they just kept going, oh, what if we put some of this stuff on there? Oh, what if he's wearing some skulls as a necklace? And yeah, they were just kind of making up all this stuff as they were going along. Um, but they came up with one of the most iconic monsters I can think of. That and Alien are the two just quintessential movie yeah. sci-fi movie monsters it is a superb design and if I if I recall correctly it was the, one of the first films that I snuck in underage to see at the cinema because oh, it, really? yeah, it, it came out in 88 and I was 17 and I can remember going to see it for my 17th birthday with some friends um, and yeah it was an 18 at the time so it was one of the first films I snuck in underage to see oh sweet what a film to see in yeah, the cinema yeah uh, it, uh, uh, yeah, um, in, in one of the first multiplexes in Milton Keynes, it was ten screens. Uh, yeah, oh, in the in the point. I, I, do you know? What? I think that was the opening. It was the opening day of this new multiplex cinema in in Milton Keynes, and mm. we my friends drove up there. It was my birthday, and we walked in. It was like this is dead, and it must have been one of those situations where everybody thought it's going to be mobbed. We ain't going. So when we walked in, it's like this is empty, and it it was near empty, and we just we've got tickets and walked straight in. I think I might still have the ticket somewhere. I think I might. Oh, that's a that's a keepsake. That is a keepsake. Yeah. I kind of wish I'd kept gone all through my life and kept every ticket I ever had in a way. Um, I did. Only, the only one I did that with was Lord of the Rings when I had five for the first film. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the yeah, that's a great film to go and see. I can't. I I the first film I remember going to see that I actually gave a stonker about you know, and went on my own was The Matrix probably when I was at college doesn't really count and have the same impact really no, ma- the ma- I'd have loved to have seen something like the this ma- The Matrix film is, is is a very good film the first one the, the other the oh, yeah. rest are crap um, I've never been so disappointed well I have been just more disappointed with films but the the, the sequels to, the, to that are absolutely garbage mm. but yeah seeing The Predator when it first came out I can yeah yeah, yeah. That's a proper. It was like going to see Terminator Two or something like that. I mean, I was I was too young when all of those films came out to have gone and seen them, but um, to have gone to see a film like that in the cinema would have been uh, one of those kind of genre-defining or era-defining sort of action movies. Uh, it's really really special. Yeah, I was I was too old by the time they were, you know by the time all the um, good Arnie and Stallone and and stuff all, they'd all you know Die Hard and stuff like that. I was I was too. Uh, I was too too young when they came out. Good for great. Fred, I've great. enjoyed them. Yeah, I've enjoyed them on TV, and that's the main thing. We and uh, yeah, I mean, it, like, I think I've said maybe last week. It's like, it's that time now that Charlie can start watching these things. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a nice voyage of discovery. Get him to watch these. 
I think. Yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, Predator's obviously quite a quite a gruesome one. The weird thing was in, in the in the version I watched today, it didn't have the scene when Blaine gets shot. Um you know you know the one I mean? Yep. The see through see through Billy when he gets his chest blown out. Yes. That's not that scene was cut from this one. What? I'm pretty I, I can't remember if I'm imagining it now or not, but I'm sure it is, isn't it? When he gets shot. And they, it, the camera pans down, and you're you can lost, see going right through him. Oh, hello. Yeah, you're back. Hello. You're back. Yep, yeah, good. Um, I think my Wi-Fi's been screwed today. Uh, that'd be why. But I'm, I, I'm not imagining it, am I? There's that scene when Blaine gets shot. The camera sort of pans down, and you see through him. That's in the film, isn't yeah. it? That's the scene. I'm not imagining that, am I? I, that, I seem to recall that. I'm gonna go. I'll... I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I remember that when you know, cause it's like he sort of gets shot, and he goes. Ugh! And then it goes pans down. He's like, it looks, and then he's just got this hole through him. Um, I'm pretty damn sure, but maybe I'm imagining it now. I don't know, but it's not. It wasn't in this version of the film, which is why I was like, "Well, where's that scene gone?" You know, I thought they maybe cut out the gruesome bit or something. Um, I'm gonna have to do some searching. Because one of them gets their arms uh, chopped off, and he's still firing the machine gun. Yeah, that's uh, Dylan yep. when he's uh, he gets his arm taken off, <laughs> and then when Bill Duke uh, Duke's character, um, I can't remember what his character's called now. Uh, oh God, I've only just watched it two hours ago, and I still can't remember. Um, but when he gets shot, um, he's the one when he's crawling under the log, and the th- then the three red lights are on his arm. Yep. And he looks up, and then the three red lights basically blow his head off, and then the camera pans out. The predator's stalking away, and his and his foot's just twitching. <laughs> It's just like, oh, uh, it's nasty. Um, Great film. Such a good, such a good film. Such a good yeah, film. I love, love it. Yeah. Um, oh, you, not, is there a board game in the Predator? I don't think There's so. There's a good board game that could be made. One against many. Yeah, yeah. Well, semi yeah, semi cooperative. It's one person stalking them. Yeah, it's a little bit hunty. Yeah. Sort of yeah, hunter seeker kind of. Style. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. Yeah. Have a little think. Have a little think. Uh, but yeah, that's that's an awesome film. Anyway, it's, uh, we're just going to carry on spouting nothing really interesting from here on. <laughs> in. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I love it. What's, what's your opinion of Predator Two? Is that the one with um, Danny, Danny Glover? It's the copper. odd, yeah. an odd sequel. It, it's all. It, in some ways, there's a parallel there between Alien and Aliens to Predator and Predator mm. Two in the difference in the sequels, because you yeah. normally get you know certain elements that follow through, but in, it's just such a a different vibe and a different. And a, in some ways, that's a really good thing, because it isn't just another clone yeah. of being chased around the jungle, another CIA group being chased. But you know, it's it's an urban thing. It's a cop, and it's a completely you know, it's a completely sea, yeah. different sea change to to the, the first one. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. okay. I, I, I I've got a fond spot for it purely because it's it's more of the same a little bit in the sense that it's the same monster coming to the earth for the same reasons um, and getting done by not not in the same way but in a completely different environment with different facing different challenges um, I'd also like to find that it almost felt like because they had the, the end scene when, when Danny Glover kills the the Predator in the end of Predator 2 uh, and you get the, the kind of what looks like the senior Predators kind of appear yeah. and he's just like oh 
you know, I think Danny Glover says, "Who's okay? Who's next?" or something, and um, they just kind of chuck, chuck him an, an old gun uh, and say, "There you go. There's your prize for having killed." It, it kind of made me think: was the predator that he killed essentially like a junior trying to earn his stripes? Like that was, you know, he was there to perhaps to yeah. kind of earn earn his kind of his cred as a predator, and the others were just there to monitor him and kind of make sure he actually killed some stuff. Um, I, lo- I love the kind of the law that gets built up about about the Predators, especially in Predator 2, when you see those kind of bits, because of that kind of Easter egg scene where there's like an alien skull in the in like a trophy cabinet or whatever uh, on the ship. Um, but I, I, have a, I still have a fond spot for Predator 2. It, it's just got a different atmosphere to it. It's like the urban jungle yeah. rather than the physical yeah. one, which, which I really like. Um, uh, and it's got that wicked, that wicked drug dealer guy with the the the, the King, kind of Jamaican patois. King, I can't think what his name was. Yeah, King, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think. Yeah, and he goes when the devil come yeah. calling. Yeah, bit. This is just like awesome. I just love that bit. He's got his little cane sword and stuff. It's great. Um, but yeah, I've got a fun spot for that. Everything else, predator, those garbage, yeah, the, the predator the, alien the, stuff. It's the just, new one. I'm not, I'm not even going to bother watching. Well, at least that one. I, I will watch that because it's Shane Black who's in Predator. Uh, that's another interesting factoid for you for for Predator because um, the only reason Shane Black was in Predator uh, was because uh, John McTier either John McTiernan or Joel Silver I can't remember which one McTiernan being the director Joel Silver producer they wanted uh, Shane Black there as a sort of reserve scriptwriter so if there were any rewrites that were required on set because they're in the jungle they you know they're fixed position they can't easily. You know, go back to Hollywood and get another script written up or whatever. They wanted someone on set that could do some doctoring for the scripts, so he was cast as one of the soldiers in the platoon, um, and that's why Shane Black was in there. Yeah. That's interesting. Hopefully, a little interesting factoid. Um, he's the one, by the way. If you don't know, uh, he's the one that tells Billy the bad jokes. Yes. Where's the glasses? Yes. That's Shane Black's character. Yes. Um, he also went on to write the Lethal Cop movies. Uh, Lethal, Le- Lethal movies. Cop. <laughs> Lethal Cop. Well, he's Lethal Cop, but yeah. Lethal Weapon movies. Um, so they've all, all kind of gone on to do some you know, other epic 80s movies yeah, it, it, or 80s It's 90s. like the uh, uh, Sex Pistols playing in the free trade hall in Manchester where the crowd went on to be, form a band and do something different. You know, everybody in that <laughs> film went on to bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah su- superb. King Willie, that's the name of the drug. King Willie. King Willie, that's yeah, the name yeah. of it. And I've you got that scene in the in the movie where they they, they go up into the um the sky the, the sort of uh, penthouse in the thing and all the all the sort of skinned bodies are just hanging yeah. in there like they were in the jungle uh, in Predator uh, all that sort of stuff was really cool uh, anyway that's it let's let's wrap this sucker okay. up um, uh, oh I was going to say about the music as well the Predator music iconic theme yes from Alan Silvestri yes. Um, who did Back to the Future as well? Oh, we watched that with Charlie um, the other day. Oh, that's a legendary Tis. film. Tis. I think they they are they are talking about making another one, aren't they? Don't, uh, there was rumours of a reboot. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Rumours rumours of a I reboot. I don't know if I want that. No, I. I definitely don't no. want that. Um, but love the first one. That was again. That's a classic film. Um, but anyway Alan Silvestri he did the music for Predator as well which you think oh it's not much music in it there isn't but it's got that iconic I, 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 was, I was kind of humming it to myself the entire time after watching the film it's got that that kind of 80s vibe to it yeah so cool it's just so iconic you hear it and you go and you know exactly which film that's from same with Alien and 
Terminator and you, all those little musical cues that you know and Predator's got that as well which I love so yeah anyway that's no, it. it's Let's superb it it, if you, you do no worse than watching it if you've got an hour and a half to spare it's superb yeah that's it exactly it's not it's not even like it's a long no. film yeah hour and 40 minutes something like that yeah uh, yeah, yeah that's and um, well that's time well spent as far exactly, as I'm concerned. Yeah. If you haven't watched it yet and you like and you like action films, yeah. you 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 probably have seen it. So let's not go too far with it. But uh, if you haven't, where have you been? Yeah, exactly. Where have you been? Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap right. it up. Right. Uh, thanks very much. Thank Sean. you, Sam. That was awesome. No, That's good, good fun. chat as usual. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we'll try and do another one next week if we can, subject to timing and and whether we're tired or knackered or busy subject or to whatever. Life. But, Subjects of life, um, definitely within two weeks we're going to try and do. So we're going to make it. We're going to do Die Hard next, are we? Yeah, we'll do Die Hard next. Yeah, excellent. I've been looking for an excuse to watch yeah, that yeah, again. So yeah, that's Die great. Hard next, definitely. Super. Uh, um, uh, and awesome. we'll see which which of us gets the uh, the the one without the swearing. Yippee yippee ki yay kimosabi. Oh, I'll be changing. I'll be changing over for that if I get the wrong yeah. one. I'll be starting again. Yeah. That's a, that's an epic fail if you get that yeah, one. It's, uh, it's just, that's bad lip syncing and everything all in that. Just, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about that. There's so much good stuff in that film. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. Oh, we never talked about the one-liners in Predator either, did oh. we? It's just like a host I of one-liners. Time to bleed. Yeah, ain't got time to bleed. Get to the chopper. <laughs> so it's like it's the one where everyone learned to do the Arnie impression, basically. Uh, and he's got the, the when he's in the camp, and he's got two two stick around after he lobs a knife, his giant knife through someone, and pins them to a door, uh, or he kicks the door in. Knock knock. What's the uh, there's songs. something waiting for us out there, and it ain't no man. Yeah, that's right. He goes, oh, Billy, you ain't afraid. He's like, Billy says, I'm, af- I'm afraid. And uh, oh, I'm scared. And uh, Chavez goes, oh, Billy, you ain't scared of no man. Yeah. That ain't no man. That ain't no man. <laughs> it's so, yeah, that was, yeah. Um, sorry, you lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. God, it's, it's when when um, Carl Weathers kind of stumbles in the jungle when they're trying to get to get to the the um, gorilla base, and uh, he sort of makes a load of noise. And um, Bill Duke's character, oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, Bill Duke's character again. He comes back and just basically tells him, "You give away a position again, I'll bleed you real quiet. <laughs> Leave you here." Is, <laughs> um, is that Matt? <laughs> Yeah, Mac. Mac. Yes, yeah, that's, that's Mac. Yeah, that's Mac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's an excellent. Character he, he's, as well. he's the one. Um, he, he gets the, uh, the the spinny gun and goes mental, doesn't he? Yeah, so Blaine's yeah. the one that carries it, but he's the one that goes mental yeah. with it when Blaine gets shot. And he's just like they just lay waste yeah, to the yeah. jungle. I got you, motherfucker! I got you! I'm coming! I'm coming! Yeah, he's the one. He's. I'm gonna have me some. He's got the uh, the razor, just constantly scraping his head. Yeah, until it snaps yeah. and he's just got that line of blood along his face. And it's just like, oh. The tension and, and everything in it is just yeah, superbly acted. Yeah, and it, it shows that the muscle guys can act. Quite frankly, yeah, that film. superb film. They're really good. Superb film. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about it all night if we're not careful. Yeah. Be another hour, but yeah. superb, superb yeah. film. I'd happily, I'd happily be here for another hour talking it's about superb. it. We ought to do like a thing where we just watch it together and we kind of do like a commentary. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. As we're watching, that's that's like a like an alternate DVD commentary. Yeah. That'd be quite good. We'll try that some night. Yes. Yes. Cool. Right. Okay, John, let's wrap it up. Awesome. We shall catch you all later. Hopefully we had one or two listeners. Yes. Hello. uh, (laughs) And if you have listened, give us a shout out. Let us know that you listened. That'd be really nice. That'd be nice. Um, And... uh, Hey, you don't have to enjoy the show, but if you've made it this far, hopefully you you have. If you've made it this far, we owe you a beer. 
yeah, yeah. or two. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I'm a, I'm a brewdog shareholder. I can afford one or two. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, that, another little tip. I, I, I've actually invested in a second brewery this this week. Oh right. Um, Verdant Brewery down in Falmouth. They were crowdfunding um, for. You know, an equity card fund as opposed to a kind of Kickstarter type thing, um, but uh, yeah, they've they've managed to raise five hundred thousand pounds in next to no time, uh, which is great. So I now get ten percent discount on their shop. Nice. Um, anyway, let's right. wrap it up. Thanks very much, folks, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.